Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Hey everybody, welcome to First Forward, advanced scriptural insight for Christian soldiers. Um, as those of you who are subscribers, or very few of you know, uh, on Sundays I just got straight to the meat and potatoes of the readings, which this morning come to us from Isaiah 40, Psalm 147, 1 Corinthians 9, and Mark, uh, the Gospel of Mark chapter 1. Uh, and last week, if I remember correctly, I talked about Capernaum and the synagogue and how Captain Marvel built it, um, how it may even be that in Capernaum here, there's some kind of miracle that is then reflected on in Luke 4, but not included in Luke 4. Essentially, um, Luke says, or has Jesus say, remember those things I did in Capernaum. Well, it may have been here in Mark 1 that he's talking about, which seems like a parallel to Captain Marvel's story. But anyway, moving forward in Mark um there's this line that I want to go back to, and it's, it ties in the the reading from First uh, Corinthians chapter nine with Saul, um, and that line is, "That is what I came out to do." Jesus says, "That is what I came out to do." After he retreats from the crowds who are coming to him from he, for healing and exorcisms, so he uh, in last week's uh, Epiphany, what three? Uh, we talked about this uh, healing uh, or uh, exercising a demon from a man, and he uh, says, the Son of God, I know who you are, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it goes forward, and Jesus is doing more exorcisms, more healings. Even Simon Peter's mom is healed. And the whole city, after this, is gathered at the door. And he cures some people. He casts out some demons. And just like before, he tells them not to speak because they know him. And Mark is, remembers Jesus like wanting to keep a lid on what's going on. Um, maybe he's, you know, he thinks it's not the right time. Maybe he knows that it puts a target on his back uh, from Herod Antipas, who's the ruler of the northern area there. Um, but everybody's kind of getting caught up in this thing that he's doing this healing. And he says, he goes off and he disappears. And his disciples are like, where the heck is he? They find him. And they say again, look, everyone is searching for you. Um, and the prior verse even said that uh, Simon and his companions hunted for Jesus, like a, like a prey. Um, and Jesus says, let's go somewhere else so that I can proclaim the message there. Because the signs and the healings are not really the bulk of what he wants to do. That's what everybody wants, but that's not what he's there for. And so he says, let's go somewhere else and proclaim the message because that is what I came out to do. Um, and I want you to remember that because it has echoes to this line, I was just doing my job. Soldiers and veterans say that all the time. Uh, you know, if you got a Congressional Medal of Honor, you say... I mean, almost to a man. They say, ah, I was just doing my job. You know, just doing what the circumstances dictated. But on the other hand, at the Nuremberg trials, many high-ranking soldiers said, I was just following orders. I was just doing my job. I am just human. 
I'm not a hero. I'm not a monster. But here in Mark, I think it's also about celebrity. And when I mean celebrity, I don't necessarily mean like just influencers. I mean what people want out of you, soldiers, veterans, civilians, it doesn't matter. What people want out of you is not necessarily always the same as what God has put in you. Um, and it reminds me of this time I was I was uh, hired to do what I was hoping and what I was told would be a kind of journalistic piece for Sojourners back in 2010, 2011, I can't remember. Um, they paid me a commission and they said, okay, now what we, what we want to do is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, great, yep, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to like do some research and journalistic-y stuff, right? And I, I typed up this, you know, 500,000 word story. It wasn't going to be the cover story or anything, but it was going to be an article in a magazine. And it was not going to be about me. It's about like what I think is important, what I've learned and like why everybody should give a shit, right? The message that God has put on my heart. Now, when it got to the editor, a woman by the name of Rose Berger, um, she and maybe a handful of other people, I don't know who all was in the mix, but she basically said, and I kept the email. She's like, you know what? We really like your story better. And they took something from Reborn on the 4th of July and literally just, you know, kind of tweaked it a little bit to make it kind of unique. And I threw up my hands. and I was like, you know what? Fine. Like, you've already paid me, um, but I'm going somewhere else with this because you don't want what God has put on my heart. You only want what you see in me. I became a mirror for them. Um, that's not what I was, what I came to do to sojourners, and that's not what I think God put on my heart to do for the church or for anybody. Um, but people continue to only ask of you the things that they want, not the things that you bring. And that I say that in in light of the military aspect, and I think it's relevant for a martial hermeneutic because of that. Like, what is my mission? I'm being realistic about what my wish mission was. I don't know all the details of the Nuremberg trials, but I do know that it was said on several occasions, and it's continued to be said that I was just doing my job. And Medal of Honor winners say the same thing. And there's something there, I think, and I say, I, you know, I can't remember who all specifically, but like it makes me think that uh, certainly mid-level and lower-level soldiers, NCOs and enlisted guys, like they don't have a whole lot of power. They're not supposed to. And so to prosecute, you know, low-level soldiers for stuff, for being a part of a system that they had relatively little power over has always bothered me. Like, you know, a guard at Auschwitz, there's a lot of fucked up shit I'm sure that person did. Um, and maybe those specifics were laid out, I don't know. But I have a certain amount of sympathy for those who are at the bottom of a, a, a totally fucked up system and whose power was incredibly limited and yet they are taken to be guilty for so much more than what they really are and as veterans we get that a lot a lot of civilians think that all soldiers kill and if i was a soldier then therefore i killed especially in the two forever wars that our government started our democratically elected government started um, and so there's a disconnect between the social aspect of responsibility and the individual reality of guilt and it's also, it also ties us into the Corinthians reading. In Corinthians, Saul, um, he has this line, and he kind of riffs on it, this whole passage, but he says, if I do this, proclaim the gospel, the message, of my own free will, I have a reward. 
but if not of my own will, I am entrusted with a commission. And here, of course, I love in English, we have this commission, and we know of commissioned officers who are commissioned by the United States government. They are not employees, the same as enlisted members are. Their oaths are from two totally different areas of federal law. Um, if I do this, if I am responsible and, and, and incur guilt, I also get the reward. If this thing that I take initiative of, if I'm claiming this message as my own, then I get the benefit, but I also get the consequence. I get the consequence, whether that's good or bad, right? But if I don't do something of my own free will, if I'm caught up in a, a bigger system, or if I'm doing something in response to someone else's request, like an art commission, then I, I don't get the reward. I just get what I'm due. You know, I am entrusted with a commission. I get a paycheck, maybe. But the, the benefit, good or bad, or the, the consequence, good or bad, doesn't belong fully to me. If I am a lower enlisted person and, I, and my country sends me to war and we do a bunch of fucked up shit and I sat on a fucking God, guard tower and slept and jerked off and played video games for 12 months, I'm not guilty in the same way that other soldiers might be, right? It's not of my own free will. When things are of my own free will, yes, the consequences are mine. But when I am entrusted with a commission, when I am you know, brought into a system or belong to a system uh, because of consequences that are not of my own free will, and my own being exclusively mine, you know, I chose, what I chose as a soldier was to enlist. And I did that in 2000 before the towers came down. I didn't know we were going to start two idiotic wars. And I do incur some responsibility, but I don't incur as much guilt as a lot of people might think. If it's my initiative, my own free will, I get the consequences, all of them. But if someone else does, the consequences, both good and bad, belong to them. The consequence of two wars belong to the entire American people. Now, some of the lies that were said by Cheney and, um, oh, good Lord, uh, General, uh, I'm having a, a brain fart, I can't remember his name. Like if, if you knew that you were providing false information, you know that was your own free will. You bear a lot more burden, a lot more consequence than you know, the average American, and certainly more consequence than some enlisted soldier who's following orders and goes off to your dumb shit deployment. Um, and it's, I say this because it's really important to actually recognize in the church we have this idea that you know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and all sin is sin, and that's great, yeah. But adultery is not the same as winking at someone's wife. Murder is not the same as like, you know, stepping on a bug or something that's, or like catching mice. Like, let's be realistic. Let's be honest. Uh, there are, there are gradations of sin. It's all the same substance, but the density and the attachment to one's character is what is different. And so if you're preaching from the lectionary text, you might pick up on this language of commission. You might pick up on Jesus's words. This is what I came out to do and tie them into what somebody is ordered to do and what someone does of their own free will and how that muddies the water that we sometimes want to think are easy blacks or whites and realize that there's a lot of gray. Hell, there's a whole rainbow of color. There's a lot of browns and yellows and greens and like, let's stop beating people over the head 
for overly simplistic reductionist theology and ethics. There are different scales of culpability and responsibility. Um, and soldiers need to hear this. Veterans need to hear this. Survivor's guilt, among all other things that might be, survivor's guilt is in part the result of somebody believing they had more power than they really did. They had more agency than they really did. In the West, we love to think that we're in control. We love to think that we have agency. And sometimes we just don't. And sometimes we have some agency, but maybe not a you know most agency of an act. And therefore, we should not feel the consequences if they don't belong to us. And I hope that the readings this morning help us parse out that very distinct, very subtle difference between guilt and responsibility and all the different shades of gray in between. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Or, if you serve military families, subscribe to First Forward, a paid subscription feed providing commentary on Sunday lectionary texts a week in advance. Use it for sermon prep or just because you support the troops. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instruction will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in an episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off of air. So there you have it three ways to participate in first formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I haven't convinced you to fall in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.